Lights, camera, action. Hello and welcome to another edition of Movie Madness in association with Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined this week by my ride or die, a returning Sean Shoot. The matchup we'll be getting into this week is 2011's Fast Five versus 1969's Italian Job. The new school versus the old school. No Keenan this week, Sean. Uh, How are you doing today? Yeah, I noticed you didn't say joined as always there. Well, because it wouldn't be joined as always, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, good. Where is Keenan? He's at a wedding. Is he crashing it? Or... He's at a wedding this week and he's at a wedding next week. I've asked if he's Cupid, but he replied with quite a blunt no, so I've left it at that. I'd respect it if he's crashing at least one. Hopefully. Um also, wedding on a Wednesday as well. Yeah, I, I don't know. For anyone curious, um, Keenan will be back moving forward. We had uh, quite a conflict-filled episode, or quite a conflict-ended uh, episode last week. Uh, but we have come to terms. Things will be moving forward, so uh, not to worry there if uh, you're tuning in for your Keenan fix. I assume you've listened, Sean. I haven't listened, no. Saving yourself the torment. I am. I am. Okay. What was the matchup last week? It was seven against Beverly Hills Cop. Quite a contrast there. Yeah. We uh, fell out over Keenan criticising Brad Pitt's acting in the What's in the Box scene. <laughs> so I pointed out I think he's the only person to do so. But we won't do that again this week. Um, anyway... As we do on a Monday podcast, uh, I'm hoping you're aware of the format still, even if it has changed slightly. We will kick off with news of the week. So the first Avatar sequel has been titled Avatar The Way of Water. And I wonder if you've seen the trailer for this. I haven't, no. I saw someone sent an image, like the the stock image of the the trailer poster, that kind of thing. But I've not actually seen the, uh, the trailer. It looks like if you'd did you ever whenever you watch Lord of the Rings, do you ever perhaps stop to look at how nice the backgrounds are of some things? I think when you when they go into uh, Rivendell, I think you get a nice shot of kind of the city and everything, how nice everything is. It looks like they've spent about ten years just creating nice backgrounds. <laughs> like you have no idea what the actual film is about this time around. And I saw someone say, I pray to God this next this next Avatar film doesn't expect us to remember anything from the previous one. They're going to have to do yeah. like a previously to kick off the uh, film. So it looks... Well, I mean, I, I feel like we remember from the, re, the rewatch we yeah. did of Avatar, it yeah. didn't didn't rewatch as well as a first viewing did it no well it seems to have gone out of fashion now and i know your thoughts on it anyway but if they don't release the new avatar in 3d then i don't know what the hell they're doing because 
that's your niche at this point and you need to be going all in with it. You need to try and bring back 3D for a second time. You were very pro 3D. Yeah, well, particularly for the films that were supposed to be in 3D. So Avatar was the first one from memory that was filmed with the 3D cameras, if that makes any sense, or that kind of technology. And then as time went on, the reason I dipped out of it more was when you could start to suss out which films were actually meant to be in 3D and which were just kind of giving you the odd shot just to get that extra two quid out of you. Yeah, yeah, for the, sure. But I feel uh, like you did, you did, there were some times where you convinced me to go to cinema to watch a film in 3D that did not need to be in 3D at well, all. Well, that was karma getting you back for booking The Life of Pi in 2D, a film that was quite literally supposed to be in 3D. <laughs> Uh, watching that as well. The A Quiet Place spin-off is called A Quiet Place Day One. It will follow a completely different family to the Broods, although they will be returning in part three that should hit cinemas in 2025. These films, I'm assuming you've not seen them, would be like your uh, worst. Have you seen the second one? I've watched them. I've seen the second one as well, yeah. Jesus. Uh, I'd, yeah. I struggle to get through them. I don't know how you are. Oh yeah, not not great. But I feel like it's easier when you're watching it at home as opposed to when you're in a cinema. Yeah, like you yeah they're a great cine experience. Or, yeah, so I watch them and I do think they are good. But yeah, there obviously are moments where it's like, oh, this is this is tense. I think it was the first one actually scared me into having the hiccups, like not the other way around. I briefly got the hiccups because it made me jump that much <laughs> while having my drink. Um, Jurassic Park Dominion is said to be bringing more action than ever previously seen in the franchise's history. On a scale of 1 to 10, your excitement levels for another Jurassic Park film? Um, well, it's interesting that this one, I'm probably more excited for this one than the other remakes because this one, it's got like all of them are in it, aren't bringing they? Bringing the band like, back Sam together. Neil, all the bands back together. So, you know, you know you what you know what you're going to get and to some extent I think that adds a little bit to it so I probably am a little bit more excited for this than I was for the the other like there's been two hasn't there I think I I watched the first new one and I don't think maybe it's the second there's three or four um they showed the trailer before Doctor Strange which I watched with Alex last week and when he's coming out of the cinema saying that he doesn't even have any excitement for the new Jurassic World film it was like, that's your target audience right there. If he can't get excited for two T-Rexes having a fight, then you really are struggling. Doctor Strange is right up his street, though, isn't it? I feel yeah, like. Doc- Doctor Strange, yeah. He, I, the film was at 8.20, the thing started, and I arrived with Goff at, I think, 8.22. Bearing in mind, you've been to the cinema recently. There's actually more trailers now than I think there ever has been. Yeah. And the, some of the texts he was sending me, it was like a kid who just lost his mum going shopping for the first time. The panic. Didn't miss a single trailer either. <laughs> but anyway, that is your news of the week. Um, I was conscious not to get too much because I do think we want to get into these films. We'll start this time with the new school, and that is Fast Five. The men we're after are professional runners. Don't ever let them get in the cars. We just jumped to the top of the wanted list. 
we gotta keep running. Running ain't freedom. You're going down, Toretto. Big mistake. So, Dominic Toretto and his crew of street racers plan a massive heist to buy their freedom while in the sights of a powerful Brazilian drug lord and a dangerous federal agent. So, we've spoken about the Fast and Furious films before. I think we were banging the drum for Tokyo Drift when we did the action bracket, I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah, we were. Um, Never quite got there, but it's strange. Now, I've not heard Keenan say this but if he was to turn his nose up at these films these films are pretty much everything we stand for on this podcast in terms of get what it says on the tin easy watch sit back put your feet up and just indulge and this kind of took it to a new level in the franchise yeah yeah definitely I think four was so you had there's different stages aren't there there was like the first two which were very much kind of underground so i kind of compare them to like green street and football factory almost in the sense of well not less green street maybe but football factory wise where it was like an underground thing it was like the dirty side of like street racing and that kind of thing lads, lads, lads. Um, yeah yeah and then the third one was obviously something that was completely different tokyo yeah. wise and then the fourth we're trying to like a step into this and then yeah this is when it gets fully into it. it's not about street racing anymore well it's about like heist and stuff the fourth they were kind of asking questions internally as to whether they were going to continue and then universal supposedly had a meeting with them and they got together and said the street racing thing isn't working um let's move it into being a heist focus series with cars kind of being the main utensil and you yeah. see that completely flipping this one. And now we're on getting into Fast and Furious 10, which they've now said is going to be a two-parter. So a two-parter? Yeah. So it's actually going to be 11 films, which defeats the point of stopping at 10. Um, but obviously a great call for what they've done. What we will yeah, do here, yeah. because one of our films is 2011, the other 1969, I've actually got some things here to set the scene as to what life was like in 2011, the kind of people we were in 2011 watching these films. And to take you right back, I've got the most Googled celebrities of 2011 here. Now, Katy Perry was number one. Do people still care about Katy Perry like that? (laughs) Not anymore, no. The other names, Katy Perry, Ryan Dunn, Selena Gomez that, and Justin Bieber as a joint is that Google. Jackass guy. Yeah. Charlie Sheen and Amy Winehouse. <laughs> the top songs from 2011 Rolling in the Deep by Adele, Party Rock Anthem by LMFAO. Oh, God. Firework and ET by Katy Perry. Give Me Everything by Pitbull. Grenade by Bruno Mars, Forget You by CeeLo Green, Super Bass by Nicki Minaj, Moves Like Jagger by Maroon 5, and Just Can't Get Enough by the Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> oh, what a time. 
it's, it was a kind of transition for films as well. You've got the last ever Harry Potter film. You've got the final Shia LaBeouf Transformers film. Mental, they're still going. Uh, the final Twilight film. Hangover 2 is released. Fast Five, of course. And on Stranger Tides of the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. Modern Warfare 3 had just come out. Skyrim and Gears of War 3. The PSP was still being marketed. Game of Thrones had just begun. And Fast Five just squeezes nicely in with all of this. Did we not watch? Did we not watch this in the cinema? Did you find any evidence? Did we watch it in the cinema? Or? I haven't actually checked. I'm not sure that I did. I definitely watched some of the later ones in there. Um, yeah. But I mean, I should probably put some kind of disclaimer out there now that me and Keenan had a brief little discussion about this to end last week's podcast. And we were describing a completely different film. We were describing the one with the never-ending runway, <laughs> getting like speared on a bridge, which I'm pretty um, sure is the next one. That's six, isn't it? That's the next yeah. one, yeah. Um, so I can't see any record of seeing at the cinema. So, fair enough. Just the last thing on kind of setting the scene. I've got a selection of Football Manager Wonder Kids from the time, in which you can see how things have travelled on here. So, um, Eliaquin Mangala was still a 20-year-old at Porto. What happened the... to him? He went to City. I know he went to City, yeah, yeah but like, what, what's happened to him since then? The Everton after that? He at least yeah. had a loan there, I think. The the top-rated right-back on the game from Wonder Kids was John Flanagan. <laughs> you had Sergi... Yeah, he, was a, he, he nearly won the league. Yeah, you had Sergi Samper at Barcelona... Tony Trinidad de Vilhena, a 16-year-old at Feyenoord. A certain 20-year-old at Schalke named Lewis Holtby. Always rated him. An 18-year-old Connor Wickham at Sunderland. <laughs> and two absolute legends of the game, Carlos Fierro, the 16-year-old at Chivas. And Umbe Niang, a 16-year-old at Ken. Uh, Umbe Niang, I remember him. Got that Milan move, didn't he? did yeah now to go on to the film what do you think the critics thought of this um it feels like fast and furious is always been like a a genre or a series of films that the critics hate but it's been successful so i don't know i'll say that they pan it 7.3 on imdb this one by the way highest rated of the series is it really? Yep. Wow. They're all actually a lot higher than you'd expect. I think the seventh one or the eighth maybe is like a five point something. But other than that, they're all pretty decent. Um, uh, so the choice to unite every major character and give them seemingly superhuman strength not only resulted in one of the best action blockbusters of the 2010s, it saved the Fast and Furious franchise. This yeah, is seeing the, the figures... Sorry, go on. Yeah, go on. I was just seeing the figures now where it's like 125 million budget and it did 626. Yeah, yeah, they smashed it. Um, This is the kind of movie where they throw two grenades because one grenade is never enough. And that is a good thing. (laughs) Director Justin Lin has a spooky second sense for staging bombastic action sequences, even if he breaks every law in physics to make them work. 
street racing is dialed down in in favour of Ocean's Eleven-style heist plotting and favela gunplay straight out of Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. It was supposed to be Ocean's Eleven next week, but we're having to delay that for uh, Keenan to be back. So my first watch of Ocean's Eleven is going to have to wait. (laughs) With Keenan calling it the definitive Brad Pitt performance last week. Was he? Yeah, he then backtracked, but that was his first instinct. Cars zoom, guns blaze, and the quips fly with wild abandon. But the biggest achievement to be found here is the pairing of Vin Diesel and Dwayne Johnson. About effing time. <laughs> I've got, that was a great move by them. Well, I've got something as to how that did happen, because The Rock wasn't the initial choice there. But I was looking at the Empire review for this, and just in how we usually have headlines on the uh, the Standard Monday podcast... Empire's quote was, how do you reignite an aging franchise? Drop Johnson on it. (laughs) I'm not sure that is the way in case, in fact, that's got a lot of people in Hollywood into trouble. Um, But I acknowledge what they were trying to do there. Yeah. If we go through, I've broken the trivia down, so we've got plenty of things to get into. If we start with the opening heist, because it does kind of set the scene as to what we are in for. So after being sentenced, Dominic Toretto is being transported to Lompoc prison by bus. His sister Mia Toretto and Brian O'Connor lead an assault on the bus, wrecking it and freeing Dom. So in doing this, it's a cool start to a film. This bus, Sean, flips about 20 times. (laughs) And just to ensure that we know these definitely are not bad guys. The newscaster pops up and tell, tells us there were no injuries or fatalities. <laughs> so this is the luckiest coach of prisoners that have ever existed. Did they say, I know they said there's no fatalities. Did they say there's no injuries as I well? I think they may even say injuries over fatalities, unless I heard it wrong. All right. Either way, no fatalities is wild enough. Usually they would just kind of <laughs> yeah, chuck yeah, one no. out there just, just to... Just the way, yeah, the way it's done. Like, as if that would be the most efficient way to, to get them out. Like, surely you would just get all the cars around trying to stop the bus rather than yeah. flipping it 20 times and just hoping Thank you can God in surviving. Thank God he survived, yeah. If he dies, well, you know what? We tried. <laughs> there was no other way we could have done this. Why in every film like this do they always transport the prisoners down the quietest, most remote roads possible? <laughs> yeah. And in this one, what is there, one guard on the bus? Like, if anything does go down on this bus with about 40 of the highest security prisoners, so secure, that so high risk that you're having to transport them to a tougher prison. And you're just quite chilled out. Nothing's going to go wrong here. (laughs) And when it's also like they're all accounted for as well, other than than tomorrow, like somehow... He was able to get out, but in the chaos of the bus rolling, everyone else was found pretty shortly after. I saw a tweet recently, and it was uh, referring to this kind of thing in films where it's always, there was actually just one one prisoner missing from the scene. And they say, if you're a policeman on there, you have to think, it's not the worst one, is it? It's not the worst <laughs> one that we could possibly lose here, is it? They, <laughs> they're not gone without a trace, are they? Because I'll be fuming if they are. And 
they they are gone without a trace in yeah straight away they clearly weren't too worried about being caught because as we said it's a fairly high key way of doing it but look everyone gets out and they get a nice little thing to put up before the uh, fast five credits roll yeah it's a good opening scene it, get, it does get you right in it is um so yeah we we, we referenced before um in terms of transforming this into a heist movie and I've got to think there was some kind of meeting at the studio where they may even have looked back at all of the films because a lot of the reviews say this is kind of where they take the handbrake off. And I disagree with that completely. I actually think what they've done is they've looked back at the four films they've done previously and some of the stunts they've gotten away with and that people are still coming back to watch after. And I've pretty much realized nobody cares here if you could actually make these jumps or not. Nobody cares if this is actually feasibly possible. We just want to see whatever you're doing with these characters and these cars. Just having a look back through, in the fourth film, so the one just before this one, you've got a heist with a gas tanker in the middle of a freeway. In Tokyo Drift, I mean, one that hasn't aged well and quite bad i don't remember batting too much when i looked at it then the opening scene you've got two characters just competing for almost like the rights to have a go on this juice heads girlfriend <laughs> yeah. and the only reason she's not up for this at the end is from memory is her tooth knocked out or something yeah he gives him some yeah, look as he's going away maybe his tooth is knocked out uh in too fast too furious they show uh the speedometer and brian while racing down the freeway again is going at 200 miles an hour in reverse with his middle finger out the window <laughs> and in the same film he drives off the edge of a road at 175 miles an hour flies 100 feet through the air and lands on a moving boat to save Eva Mendes <laughs> like well, even the one in the... It's like the open scene, isn't it? But when it leads on from that, their first like, heist were on the train. And we're going to go on to that in just a lot, second. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot... Well, all right, we can yeah. go on it a bit. But, but yeah, that, that and on your point, because I watched it on um, Prime. And yeah, then yeah. We, we watched on Prime. And then obviously they do like the little trivia and yeah. continuity errors. And there's like loads on there. There's stuff like where the antenna's up, but then it's not... And then, like, it's the safe scene where it, like, <laughs> it, it did make me laugh where it says, like, it smashes through, like, banks, office buildings, but it bounces off a palm tree, apparently. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like you said, like, no one, no one really cares. That it's obviously not what you're watching the film for. I think the only real difference is um, they almost take it more seriously. So in the previous films, when they're, like, flying through the air, it's almost like a subtle wink at the camera, like, yes, we realise what we're doing here. Whereas in these films moving forward, every stunt, like the closing scene, we've got a guy driving at 100 miles an hour, slingshotting a giant vault behind the car, taking out police cars. But they do it with a completely straight face from this point onwards. Like, yeah. What, yeah. What, do you, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> What's wrong with this? <laughs> and it is very good. I know one of the things they said they were changing was Justin Lin, who comes on to direct this one. I think he did one of the previous ones too. He I think saw he that did, he did Tokyo Drift, didn't he? I think. That's that. Uh, I think you might be right. And 
one of the things that he says he saw criticized was like excessive use of cgi backgrounds because it just looks so obvious um with them moving between locations and just almost being lazy or whether it's the budget or what so he said he'd rather keep it to one location or to a lesser location limit the use of cgi and just focus more on practical effects like it doesn't have to be able to do this in real life you don't have to be able to get your first car and be able to jump over a bridge but if they can make it happen on film with the stunt cars then he says that should be the limitations here so it works very nicely we've spoken before off podcast and me and keenan have spoken about it on one and we've referenced sequels and we said that you can kind of go the direction of hangover 2 and that method of like literally just recreating what you've done before or you could almost go hangover 3 and hopefully the results are better than that. But you kind of change things completely and just hope that you don't completely lose the feel of the film. And I think with this, they kind of go the third route. Like they aren't just recreating Fast and Furious, Too Fast, Too Furious, and so on. But it does still feel like a Fast and Furious film because they ensure that all of the characters that you've grown to love are front and central. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we only get one car chase in this film. And do you think they were perhaps worried about it being perceived like the older ones? Like they didn't want to half do it if you're going to be changing the tone. And maybe once you've got this one out in the later films, you can have less of a worry about it. But I don't know if they maybe really wanted to distance themselves from what they've done previously. Oh, yeah, maybe. I only really thought about that now. Yeah, it's just the one at the end, isn't it? Um, maybe, because they, they, they still do, like, subtle nods to it, don't they, where yeah. they go to, like, the street racing in Brazil for a bit, but they don't actually... I reckon I reckon that's something that they would have filmed and cut, I reckon, because to some extent it doesn't really make sense. You know, where they go there and they're like, we'll race, and then, it's just, yeah. <laughs> and then it flashes to when they're in the garage. Like, I reckon they filmed it and then cut it out um so they have a little nod there and then obviously they do the race for the car as well well they race for like yeah. money don't they yeah. um so they do little bits of it but but yeah it's probably something to do with that isn't it i imagine they start filming it and then whoever the creative directors it. or producers were said like we don't need this yeah focus on like the heist and whatever because the, the train robbery that you've referenced is a great place to start because i think of these films and me and Keenan were speaking last week about the fact that they did a video adapt, uh, like a video game film adaption of Need for Speed. And we were like, but th- what, what are you doing? That's just cars. Like there was never any characters in Need for Speed for us to get on with. And so it didn't really make any sense with something like this. It feels like a kind of video game kind of mission with the driving alongside the train, escaping, getting away from the bad guys and having to do it all before you get to this almost end of the level where you're going to crash into it. Yeah. And so you do then allow for a certain level of, uh, I can say, unbelievability. Because we've got, they're waiting for Dom to arrive. Mia and Brian join Vince and some other people they don't know to steal these three cars from a train. They realize there's some US DEA agents on there. And then obviously we meet ZZ on there, the bad guy for the rest of the film. It just kind of goes to carnage very quickly, doesn't it? Uh, Dom has Mia steal the car, get her away. And then you've just got the classic, like 
Dom's fighting the henchmen. ZZ takes out the three bad guys, which I wasn't really expecting because he almost like headshots them, doesn't he? He's hiding in the shadows. Yeah. And then we just get the pure Fast and, Fur- Fast and Furious uh, sequences. The stunt with the truck slamming into the moving train that they say was filmed practically, and you can actually see when you watch it back that it nearly derailed the train because they hit it so hard. Brian jumps onto the sidecar and is kind of stranded there until Dom jumps in this supercar and drives alongside at the last minute. (laughs) Only to then have Brian jump on the back, which is impressive in itself, and then fall about 100 feet into water under the bridge, and they're just completely sound. (laughs) The the height that they... If you say, like... All of this could be conceivable. Let's say he gets onto the car, they're driving at that speed, and they jump off that. Like, how high they are, the water's like concrete, isn't it? They're just going to shatter all their bones as soon as they land in. But yeah, yeah they just, just like they've just dipped off a diving board. <laughs> I imagine if we had Harper on this week, he'd be on and saying, and you didn't believe me that you could jump up in a lift if it was falling. <laughs> and look at the yeah. height that they get in this. Harper's thought on that would be like if they had just stuck onto the car, if they just held onto the car, <laughs> jumped at the last like second, five, five meters, jumped at the last second, they'd be fine, yeah. Um, question here which was the more impressive movie jump? Brian onto the car here, and I do want you to take into account almost the lack of opportunity to line it up. The point at which Dom gets the car steady, he has to just jump straight away and stick it without any kind of bracing himself or jesse onto bullseye from the plane in toy story 2 where she could be about to fly to japan if she doesn't get off the cargo (laughs) something to consider jesse is onto a donkey and there's already several people on there so there is less room i mean i'm probably gonna go with with brian um, with all due respect to Jesse, I mean, actually, I, I think that the most, I mean, the most impressive jump. Uh, again, it's so hard. Once we get past five, it's hard to mix the films up, isn't it? But there's one. I don't know if it's six or seven. There's one where Dom jumps <laughs> onto a car. He like goes across yeah. a freeway, like guns across the bridge Spears somehow. Are. Yeah, spe- that's it. Yeah, and, like, spears <laughs> are onto the car. Where she's midair, um, that's the most impressive, I think. But, but yeah, maybe I'll go for Brian. But it's a close one with uh, with Jesse. What about the fugitive where he jumps off the dam about like two hundred feet in the air into the waterfall, <laughs> just swims off like <laughs> nothing's happened? Or Apocalypto, actually. <laughs> we we reference that one previously. Yeah. yeah. All you've got to do is go ah as you come to the surface. It's like all right, he's hurt a bit. Don't think this is too. And that makes me think back to when we were on the cliffs in uh, in Zanti or Cavos. Can't remember which one well, it was. Yeah, and that level of fear compared to what they're doing should probably pay yeah. any significance, but <laughs> there were real life consequences. I don't think uh, they had to worry about any rocks underneath where they were. No. It's a great opening robbery there. The the train robbery is a classic. Usually it's kind of you're running across the top of the train. So they have shown some restraint there to not do that, like Indiana Jones style. 
but it's it's a good opener. Yeah. And what's this? This is like 25, 20 minutes into the film, and you've already had them flipping a bus over and wrecking a train, jumping off a bridge, and being picked up from there. <laughs> the escape from there, by the way, once they are picked up by the bad guys, is the equivalent of like in Star Wars, using the force to get your lightsaber back to you from about 200 yards away. Like, they break free and they've got cars outside just waiting for them. Like, they're just going to do a James Bond, press the button and your car's there. Yeah. Very, (laughs) very easy. The Rock, we've already referenced, is added into this film. So the role of Hobbs was originally envisioned, envisioned for Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones? They were going to go, it was just going to be, and I guess you can see, kind of a hard nosed police officer. Oh, uh, right, yeah. Vin Diesel says that a fan who he names as Jan Kelly, so she's got a lot to answer for, a fan basically suggested to him that she would love to see him alongside The Rock. And once he heard that, he was like, that actually sounds like a fantastic idea. <laughs> Let's make this happen. <laughs> And this is The Rock's kind of first big, big film because from here he springboards and you just get The Rock as your leading guy for, I guess, up to now for the next 11 years. Yeah. But you had that whole run of films before, so it was like Die Hard with The Rock and then it was like King Kong with The Rock, uh, whatever the other ones were. So they just kind of get it right here, don't they? They've got the big muscle-headed guy. They give him some one-liners and he just scraps some people because the the fight that he has with Vin Diesel in this is unbelievable. Took over a week to shoot. Did it? Like a week. And from what we know now, the two don't like each other. So I don't know if they were just taking longer to just continue beating each other. But that's the reason why The Rock left the franchise. Oh, right. I know, I know there's a lot of, there's obviously a lot of beef. I knew that. Yeah, it's also the reason you get Hobson Shaw, so he could he said, I'll do a Fast and Furious film, but I'm not doing one with you. <laughs> From what you read, and obviously we'll never know truly what goes on on set, but The Rock is very strict to the schedule. We'll be here at this time, we'll do this shoot here, we'll get it done within this. And Vin Diesel is kind of the opposite, and I don't know if his masculinity is threatened by The Rock, which, to be fair, if you thought you were the alpha on set before and The Rock shows up, you probably are going to be feel quite threatened. Yeah. But then they kept doing the thing where with Paul Walker, every time he kind of does a post now to try and get The Rock on board, he's like, you know, you got to come on, you got to do this for Paul. And he's like, can you just stop doing that? Like, <laughs> don't be doing that every time. And so... Yeah, I don't think you can get them in the same room now. But the director has already left. It may have been Justin Lin that left this time. The director has left Fast 10 already, and the rumour is that he was just fed up of Vin Diesel. All right. <laughs> Which, at the same time, you can't really do Fast and Furious without Vin Diesel, so you're not going to be getting rid of him. No. Just trying to see if it was Fast 10 he's left. Yeah. Top headline. Fast X director Justin Lin quit after a major blow with Vin Diesel. He said, making this movie is not worth sacrificing my mental health. So Vin Diesel must be hard work. <laughs> the, the character of 
Hobbs here, he has this um, like security plan where they're having this fight of all of his boys pointing the weapon at Dom like the entire time, which feels very unpoliceman-like anyway that he's just letting them scrap like it's um, end of watch where they just get to tee off on each other. But then, in the middle of this fight, like he's willing to just cave in Dom's head with a wrench and does try to do so, which he gets out the way of and all his boys carry on watching. And then, probably even worse, Dom then gets the wrench in his hand when he's on top of uh, Hobbs and he slams the wrench into the floor eventually. But all of these guys that are his teammates on the side just kind of carry on watching like look whatever happens happens <laughs> well you've got the classic woman screaming on the side which you get in like every fight video with her and it was, it's all well and good when he's going to town don't be uh breaking this up now you knew the life you got into yeah true true i wrote down about his character from memory this point of the film He's got a guy coming up to him to tell him that he has bad news for him. And I believe it's about the deaths of multiple men in his squadron. And he says, look, I've got some bad news. And his response straight away is, you know, I like my dessert first. Give me some good news. (laughs) Already (laughs) not great. And then he gets (laughs) that news out of the way. And then in reference to hear the news about his dead men, he says, now give me the damn veggies. (laughs) <laughs> he's a horrible policeman he is You're it's right. a classic action movie policeman where <laughs> the Elena says why did you pick me and he says you've only been on the job six months I'm guessing you're the only cop that can't be bought and then you look away after you've said that like this really is the coolest thing <laughs> I've ever said <laughs> he's just a terrible policeman he says like he's gloating. It took me a while to figure out this tracker that you'd put on me. But it didn't take me too long to reroute. And it was well, it did take you a while. They planned the whole host out. They got all these like six police vehicles in this time. It did take you quite a bit of time. When they're driving <laughs> to get them to take them to the police station, not one of the two police officers spots this guy standing very unconspicuously on the roof of a building with an RPG. Nobody recognises this. And then eventually, once they've taken those men out and Hobbs has been saved, he's like, you know what? I will actively assist with this robbery, but I'm telling you, I'm going to catch you afterwards. (laughs) Yeah. He should be let go from the force. They do save his life, to be fair. So I can then, because part of me was thinking that he switches quite quickly, but then, he even, has saved his life so even just say because he says i'm going to help you i'm going to help you take this guy down uh we'll, we'll worry about whatever once we've killed him he does know that they're still trying to steal like what was it like a hundred million from a bank and he's just like that's just that's like the side mission we'll worry about this one i'll pretend that's not happening and then when it comes to vin diesel what are your thoughts on him going sleeveless do you think he needs to commit to the vest or wear a t-shirt at this point? He's got that kind of in-between. Um, I'm really for about it, to be honest. Uh, I think he gets away with it. He's all right. I don't think he has to commit, necessarily. 
you know, maybe that's just showing his age. Maybe it's just that he's trying to hold on to his old vest days. Doesn't want to wear a t-shirt, so this is his go-between. He's he's two steps away from tying his jacket around his waist. <laughs> <laughs> and Fast and Furious Eleven, he's gonna have three quarter lengths on. <laughs> he, he may well do. His character is there's so much to unpack. He's got this kind of James Bondness about him in that he's also is able to magically just charm this cop by looking at her and not killing her. Like despite breaking and entering her home, he just tells her like, "Look, we've both been through the same thing. We've lost someone we love." And she's like, all right, sound. Don't worry about the fact you broke into my house. I won't mention it yeah. to anyone. There's Vin Diesel eyes. I find it also. I find it really that weird when um I forgot. Is there? A, there's an end of credit scene, isn't there? Yeah, there is. Yeah, it's, uh, I, where they realise that, that Letty's alive. Letty's alive. Right. Yeah. Because I forgot that. And she pops up on some CCTV. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, isn't it? I got because he's like, I got something to show you. Is, yeah. is it something like that? And then yeah. he sees it. Yeah. Um. But like, so now, what, now that maybe gives it a bit more context. But when I was watching it, I do find that scene when uh, Vince like comes up and he's like, "Where's Deli, Dom? Where's Deli?" And then it's like <laughs> left, and then like, and then it's not mentioned at all after no. that, and until obviously that end of credits. When the scene. fourth one, they think she's dead, so that's the. Yeah. Right. So that that makes more sense. Um, his way of speaking, like if if I spoke to you, how Vin Diesel speaks to all of his mates you'd be fed up within about 10 minutes. Like everything he says is a mic drop moment. <laughs> when Vince comes back and he's like, you're hungry. Cause you're saying grace. And then just walks into the <laughs> corner of the room. That's just always dimly lit. <laughs> when they say about, uh, him fixing the race and letting him win. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And just quietly shifts away to the corner. He's like, go and get yourself some food. Each time he's just skirting away quietly into the corner, like just going to let this sit with them for a minute. <laughs> Paul Walker is essentially asking him questions to set up the fact that he doesn't know who his dad is. And so he's nervous about the fact that he's having a child. And he wants to make sure he's not like that. <laughs> and in response, Vin Diesel's like, you know, yeah, my dad was great. Barbecued for everyone. Everyone at church got some of the barbecue, but if you didn't go to church, you didn't get any of the barbecue. He really was just the greatest guy in the world. And all Paul Walker wants to say is, yeah, I didn't know my dad. And he continues <laughs> for the next five minutes telling him how amazing his dad was and just really rubbing salt into the wounds and then going, but you won't be like him. You'll be in, you'll be in his life. <laughs> That's what the leader does, I guess. That is, yeah. The biggest thing I wrote down with uh, Dom's character, you've got the first hour of the film, Han and the others are testing out these cars, zipping around, and they keep saying, you're not fast enough, you're not fast enough. Han finally says, we can't do it. We need to be invisible. And Dom says, yeah, I know, boys. I know how to sort this. Did you not fancy mentioning that two weeks ago? <laughs> 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 and then they just sneak in and get these six police cars and just zip out like it's nothing and in the moment of stealing these police cars they could not draw more attention to themselves if they tried 
<laughs> a genuine question. It's a question big waste of time. With these films, do you think they're intentionally funny? Like, if you take punchlines out of it, like, do you think there's bits that are supposed to be ironically funny, or do you think the director is intending to be completely serious? Oh, right. So you're not including, like, the obvious humour. No, if we take out, like, Roman's one-liners, like, the little things like the bus, there being no casualties, and just little things like that. Are you supposed to be kind of like... I don't know. Because they Maybe do it all the way through little... the franchise. It's like little yeah, things that so... like they're so bad, they're good. Maybe a bit, but I think maybe it's quite well done, because done, there's times where obviously other films have done stuff like that, but then they've added like a little wink at the end, haven't they? So yeah. Whereas they don't really for this one. So oh. maybe for a bit, and then I think it's probably goes more as the franchise gets extended as the franchise goes further and obviously there's lots of critics with that and say how unrealistic it is so then the more that happens the more they probably make nods to it so yeah maybe a little bit but i think it probably happens more in the later films i saw that uh roger Ebert in one of his reviews said the most impressive thing is that every actor manages to keep a straight face while doing this film and he gave it like three out of four stars he says it's just incredible some of the things in this that they can do it with a straight face <laughs> is is this the least Brazilian use of Brazil in action movies? Like you get two shots of Christ the Redeemer, and other than that, it's not really Brazil. Um, you get the favelas as well, don't you? Yeah, they kind of reference, uh, but it could be anywhere really. Usually with this, you'll get something, some kind of carnival vibe. I mean, you'll at least have the beach, and you'll have Roman probably ogling at someone. Yeah, he just there's a lot, they could have done a bit more of Brazil, which being critical, it's, it's a great film. I could watch this. I mean, I watched it last night, and then I watched the last hour again on my lunch break today. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> Our boy Shay Serrano is very passionate about this film as well. He is. Um, I've been I've been writing yeah, down yeah. in the last couple of weeks things that people say to women in these films that's like a pickup line that would just never work anywhere outside of a film and so in Beverly Hills Cop there's a moment where Foley says uh, you know you've really failed out since the last time I saw you I like it and it's like no one can ever say that there's no way that is ever working in this and now it doesn't work Roman asking his first time meeting this woman I believe and he says when do those legs open in what way was that ever going to work? Yeah, I wanted to say this. Like, Rowan, if you put up like a line for line, shot for shot, you could use most films. Like, Ro- Ro- Roman would be up there with some of the best. Jeez. But yeah, that, that mean, is that not line... where I thought that. That's not where I thought that was going. <laughs> in any film, I don't mean. I mean, in general, yeah. Jesus. Some of his. I mean, for like, what I'm talking about is that I'm trying to compare it, like, you know, in football where it's like goals per minute, that kind of thing. Yeah, like I, I line, mean, blimey. Some of his, I just think he's great. Um, but yeah, that one. Where is that? Because that also made me think about the creative process. Like, who's come up with the idea, like, this is going to be his opening line? To... I, reckon, I reckon it was probably him. Like, he's a weird guy. Um, 
Tyrese anyway. I don't know if you saw what happened with him when Morbius came out. Do you see this? What's, no, sorry, say again. Okay, so so he's he's in Morbius, the Jared Leto Marvel one has just been like uh, panned horribly. Okay, yeah, yeah. Now, Scorsese, every time he's asked in interviews, just goes on and says how much he despises superhero films. They're not proper cinema and all of this. Yeah. Someone made a meme after Morbius came out and it was a picture of Scorsese being interviewed and he said Morbius. It said Morbius. Now that is what you call real cinema. <laughs> he reposted it onto his Instagram at in Scorsese saying thank you so much. This 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 means the world. The man knows what he's talking about. Go see Morbius right now. And it may even still be up the post. People have had to tell him like this isn't real. This definitely hasn't happened. <laughs> he had something. It was something where he was on Charlemagne's show years ago, where he was getting panned for something. But when this film came out, one of the sponsorship things they did, they were the first ever film to sponsor a NASCAR event. Jordana Brewster, that plays Mia, she she did the uh, starting of the race. Tyrese sang the national anthem. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's done music before, but that's not something I think we ever need to see. That could be Fergie levels. That could be, you're right. The main thing about Brazil, why did nobody ask any questions before getting there? They all fly halfway across the world and go, come on then, Dom, what have you got us over here for? <laughs> That's what you do for family, though, isn't it? If you asked me to get the bus to yours when you're at your dad's, if you asked me to come over from work, not even a bus journey, I'd say why. I'd ask, what's the occasion? What are we doing? Yeah, but they probably did, and he was like, I'll tell you when, tell you when I'm there. <laughs> That's a big risk. That's How a big far risk that would go? Would you, uh, would you... I'm trying to think like what the limit of this would be. So we're I'm probably the last one at, to ask you. <laughs> if we were both at Capita, right, maybe I, I've got, we both worked at the same place we used to before. I've got the bus before you. I'm in town. And then I've not said anything to you, but you get off the bus. And then I text you to say, I'm just off the bus. I'm still in town. I'm, I'm by TK. I'm by TK Maxx. Come meet me. Well, yeah, that's a bit different than going to Brazil. Yeah, but you well, you said you said you wouldn't you wouldn't get to the bus just of mine if I didn't tell you. So I'm yeah, trying you, to find the, the way right you just said it. I'm literally off the bus. I'm literally walking two minutes around the corner. Okay. All right. What if what if I don't? Like I, a, I'm not going to be able to give a correct answer. I, I'm <laughs> certainly not getting on a flight. Okay. The other impressive thing here, there's quite a lot of them. Most of them are coming from America. What? How do they all manage to travel separately? And none of them on the way were like, do you know what's going on? No. <laughs> what if, though, what if it was, like, all expensive paid? What if it was, like, you need to come here? I can't tell you to here, but it was all expensive paid. Well, in like, that case, I'm probably going to assume it's it's for good. I'm not going to assume I'm getting there and you're saying, <laughs> look, there's this, there's this drug lord here. I'm not a fan. <laughs> I need you to help me take him down. <laughs> if you tell me Gal Gadot's there, then I'm, I may get on there. <laughs> yeah. 
Han, by the uh, way, is li- listening. Legs, baby girl, what time do they open? Han, listening to all of this and think, you stay away. Don't be making, don't be making moves on my girl. <laughs> but respect the graft from Han. Gets that done quickly. You do. Pressure you situation. Do. He did well. He did well. Yeah, lots of competition around. He did well. Especially as uh, Mia's off limits. Do you think this gets? Do you think those lines, like some of like Tez's lines, but obviously it's mainly Roman. Could they still get away with it now? Yeah, 2011 isn't that long ago in terms of how films have changed and that. As long as you like have the person get slapped after or the woman stands up for themselves, then it usually seems to fly in films. Yeah. And I suppose they do have like leading female characters, don't they? And like Mia, Letty, and also Gal. I can't remember what Gal Gadot's name is. Is it Tisha um, in this? No, it's 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 begins with a G as well, actually. What is it? Uh, yeah, not sure. Me, not sure. Um, it is Giselle. Giselle, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. In this, so they announced fairly early on that Mia is pregnant. They then do the thing at the end of the film where they're like, look, this is how much time's passed that she suddenly got a baby bump. This might be the worst ever baby bump on camera. <laughs> I genuinely think it's a football under her top. <laughs> it may well be. They might have run out of budget. Like, for a start, I think when women are pregnant in the films, they need to start making them do what like action stars do. Like, where... Christian Bale's having to like put on the pounds to do uh, American Hustle. Jordana Brewster should be having to pig out to be showing that she's pregnant because she's still just as skinny. She's just got a football under her top for two minutes walking along the beach at the end of the film. Like I don't know who co-signed this. If you go and watch it back, it is the most perfectly round bump you've ever seen. I didn't take too much notice of it. So and she yeah, still looks glowing. Too. I've seen this film quite a lot of times now, and it's something I've thought with uh, pregnancy in films before because it's a bit of a cop out a lot of times. Yeah. I wanted to speak about the final heist. Do you think they just gloss over Vince's death? Like they're like, look, he named his kid after Dom we got a job to do. Because they're not that panicked when he dies. No. He moves on quite quickly. Doesn't yeah. It's like, look, I'll see your son. I'll see your son, don't worry. <laughs> and then it escalates very... Is protesting, isn't it? Like, he's on the... That's your yeah. guy over there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And do you think the way the heist goes at the end of the film, where they rip the vault out of the wall... They then drive with it behind the car. They're dragging it down the street. Is it you have to when you open the film with a train robbery, like you've got to level it up, and so you're just seeing where it takes you at that stage. Because the yeah. point where they're using it as a slingshot to knock cars off bridges, that is everything I tune into a Fast and Furious film to see. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's just incredible. And the way how they like they don't react either, like Reyes and and 
the car. They, they obviously see it happening to all of the other police cars in front of them. But yeah, they just <laughs> continue to keep going forward. Well, they do it in other in the later films, don't they? They just have Roman like screaming down every single time they're doing something. I guess they're trying to find in their footing in this one. Yeah, yeah. Because he's in they, all the trailers, like doing some kind of reaction to what they're doing, isn't he? Yeah, because the character that you have with um, Gal Gadot in this one, they essentially replace her with um, Natalie Emmanuel. Natalie Emmanuel, in, yeah. Like two films time, I think. Yeah. yeah. So they they're kind of just getting everything in place here, and then they just go yeah, full on Gal, like secret agent as things go on. Yeah, because Gal Gadot is only in the two of the seasons. So she's in yeah. the next one, and that's the runway one. Well, obviously, she, she I believe she's she actually in, in one of the previous. I think she may even be in the fourth one, just not for very long. This definitely is the first time. She, I don't think this is the first time she appeared. Oh, right. Well, I guess that would make sense as to why, like, why why is she involved? Like, you know, because there's some she's, people that, you know why, like, like Rome is there and... So yeah, she she was in Fast and Furious in two thousand and nine. So that's oh, yeah, that's so she was in she was in the fourth one, yeah. That looks like that was her first film. Didn't yeah, that was her was, was her first one in the franchise. Yeah, then Fast Five. Yeah, so Fast Furious. And then she's in so six was, and seven. Um, yeah, it looks like that was her first like proper film, like Break. Yeah, no, but some I, of the sorry. I was going to say I was trying to have a look at the plot just to see how integral she was in uh, uh, and I'm not seeing much mention of her. No, it's probably briefly in it. Yeah, she's not even mentioned in the plot, I don't think. So what are you going to say? Um, so I was going to go on to some of the quotes, but I know, I, I guess you're still talking about the final the final chase. Yeah, a couple of things. So I've never had to foil a heist before, but, and it's easy to say, two films that we're doing today they do the thing where you drive into a tunnel like with several cars, only one car comes out, like it goes goes onto a lorry. I feel when I watch the footage back, I'd put two and two together there. But in a lot of films, they do do the little, we'll have a truck with a different thing on the outside. You drive up into the back, they'll never know what's happened. Yeah. And they just kind of sneak away with it. Well, I think you... It's hard. Like when you're in that situation, I think you're going to be so like narrow-minded and focused on following something. You're not really going to realize. I think when you, like you said, if you go back and look at so it again, in, then you'll figure it out. But at the time, I don't think you, you would know. In this one, fair. In other films, like I think they do it in Den of Thieves, where the other cars literally go missing. Like they drive into a tunnel, they drive into the back of a truck, and then suddenly <laughs> nothing else comes out the other side. And they're like, oh my God, what the hell's happened here? Yeah, yeah. This one was probably a bad example because they do come out with a safe on the other side. Um, okay, the the other little things that we get in the ending then. So you get the good little thing with um, Tej and Roman where they have the same cars. What about Tigo and Rico hitting zero on the roulette while both having 10 million on red and 10 million on black? Well, do they hit it? Yeah, they say there's a reference at at the end of the film when Hans there, he says something like uh, they're still chasing, they're still chasing around casinos in in Rio, and you see the reaction chasing. on both their faces. 
one of them should be celebrating if it lands anywhere other than zero. Uh, yeah, maybe then. I suppose they're not in any of the other ones, are they? No, unless you're telling me this would be a cliffhanger than uh, Italian job. <laughs> no. Now, the last thing I had on here to ask you is this universe, the Fast films, is clearly still going. They branched out with some of the same characters. They've done a bit of both. They've had spin-offs. Now, another universe that has been attempted to be created in the last 20 years is the American Pie universe. Why did that fail? When you compare what the two have done, so the Fast and Furious one, they very clearly said, we absolutely know our target market and we're going to completely pander to it because we know you're going to keep coming back. Why has that not worked with the American Pie universe? Mm. So I guess with, with this, you're referring to um, like Book of Love and Bank. Yeah, like because yeah. you've got to think, whenever I can remember a teen comedy coming out in cinemas, they always get filled up. Like, I don't know how you could not make a success out of this. I don't know. I, I think that it just... You've well, enjoyed I, Blockers. It's easy. <laughs> blockers was good. <laughs> they just... Um, yeah, I guess they were just, like, poorly made, weren't they? Like, they're, they're very... Kind of, they have the feel of straight yeah. DVD kind of film. Naked Mile so. wasn't poorly made. That's a fantastic film. Is that the best one? I'm trying to think. They all blur into one for me. Um, I think that is it Naked Mile the best one, or is Bandcamp the best one? I'd say Bandcamp's the best one. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know. Like you said, it, it probably should have worked, but for whatever reason, it it didn't. I'm not really sure why. But then, obviously, like the reunion, did kind of work to some extent. Yeah, that works. Like, I don't got know the same what the numbers were, but but you have the same characters, didn't you? So, yeah, maybe it was just because. Well, maybe maybe that is the answer to it because you have the affinity with the characters for Fast and Furious because after after well, you've had Brian O'Connor is in all of them other than the third, yeah. um, and then Vin Diesel's in. I guess all of them other than the second, it was in the third at the end. So maybe it's that is the reason, it's the thing of the characters, whereas in, yeah, in like Bandcamp, Naked Mile, Book of Love, is it just those three or are there other ones? You've got uh, Bandcamp, Naked Mile, Beta House, Book of Love. Beta House, that's it, yeah. And there is one they um, released in 2020 that's an all-girls one, which looks horrific, uh, yes. to be honest with you. <laughs> I, remember, I remember seeing that, yeah. I think I may have mentioned it when we did the American Pie film, uh, the American Pie podcast. Is it meant to follow the original ones? No. Or is it something completely It's a spin-off as well, yeah. Okay. Um, I think, again, maybe like the family. Is it like Stifler's younger sister or something like that? It's something like that. Because all of these, it's like Stifler's cousin, his brother. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I think that's why. I think it's because you don't have the affinity with the characters. That might be one of the big reasons. I actually follow the kid that played Stifler's brother in American Pie 2 on Instagram, just because I, I asked him for an interview when we first started. And recently yeah. I've seen him put a story up where he's like, look, it's taken me so many years to accept this. I hated being referred to as Stifler's brother. I hated looking back at these times. Now I've grown to embrace it. And he's like, I'm suddenly now 
appreciate what I had in being Stifler's brother. And it's like, this is, <laughs> I did not expect to see this. <laughs> but you, uh, they, you haven't asked me though. You were going to, sorry, go on. No, go on. I know you, you mentioned about like best car chases. Didn't you? Yeah, that's, that's, that's we've got that to do with the Italian job first. Oh, okay. We got right. a better but car was, chase in that film. Before, I'm just wondering where the end like, There are some quotes to like go through, I feel like, for American Pie. I mean, American Pie, Fast and Furious. Some you of, can, hit, you can one throw ones, some out or we'll do it when we do the scorecards. It's up to you. I mean, I'll, I'll throw some out now. Go on. And then we can save some for the... The, uh, the two I'll touch on because I'll save the Rome ones for, for later but one that always got me is when they're talking about Hobbs and they're getting up his details on it and then when Brian says this guy he's Old Testament <laughs> and like no one has ever referred to anyone as Old Testament before but it just works and I was like when I was watching it I feel like I need to bring that in I'm going to start calling people Old Testament that's how we refer to you when you're not around <laughs> yeah and then um, uh, I'll use one real one, the one where he's like um, 11 million. Sounds like a whole lot of vaginal activity to me. <laughs> that was so bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we can save the rest for the um, for the quotes. With what you said with Old Testament, that's like um, a girl's parents asking them, like, so what's he like then? What, what's, what's your new boyfriend? You know, he's Old Testament. That's nice. That's good. <laughs> yeah. I saw I saw this and I've spoken recently about kind of, I think I spoke about it with Luke Hayling's red card where I said if you were compiling a checklist of everything you need for the perfect red card, like he had it. Now, a lot of the reviews say this is like your quintessential action film. And I don't know, I think some of the things you would usually get in an action film are missed out in this, in that you'd probably have more car chases. You don't really have any kind of love interest, love story in this because everyone's already together. Like, we don't see Han putting any graft, other than being like, oh, you like this technology stuff, do you? And she's like, yeah, under pressure. And that's basically like his moves. I said we didn't see many buns, which I would have thought you'd do if uh, you're in Brazil, but they missed that out. That's true. The pre because yeah, I think the buns. previous fast ones is like someone in a bikini starting the race, and then you go down to the beach, and it's like, and it's very like Miami action film. This is just adrenaline, juiced up, all of that business. Yeah, well, the, I guess the only bit you have is that bit with Giselle isn't it when they're when they get the hampering yeah like the music starts playing she walks like that's that's pretty much the only part of it you get if we move on to the Italian job so five four three two one go you're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off
comic caper movie about a plan to seal a gold shipment from the streets of Turin by creating a traffic jam. As referenced at the start of the podcast, we are doing the 1969 Italian job, much to the dismay of Sean. <laughs> and we should have done the Warbo version. CK said he was uh, SMH in at you, uh, Alex, yesterday referencing doing the new one. So he felt like he was waving his fist, talking about these kids. <laughs> Much like I did at the start to kind of set the scene here, the most popular celebrity in 1969 was Paul Newman. The most popular movie was Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, which explains why he was top dog. Uh, The other top films, The Love Bug, Midnight Cowboy, Easy Rider and Hello Dolly. Songs, some of the top songs that came out in 1969, Build Me Up Buttercup by The Foundations. Suspicious Minds by Elvis Presley. If only he knew that Gareth Gates would go on to top that in 35 years or so. Sweet Caroline by Neil Diamond. These Eyes by The Guess Who, which you've got Michael Sarah singing in Superbad. <laughs> yeah, good cover. Atlantis by uh, Donovan, which you're getting good fellas. You got some anthems yeah. in 1969. Um, Obviously, I can't give you the top video games or the top Football Manager Wonder Kids from 1969, but I can tell you that the Battleships board game was released about 18 months before this film came out, so that's about as close as I could find. (laughs) So, there we go. Critics' reviews, Sean. What do you think they thought? Uh, Good reviews. Good reviews, I'm backing. This is an easy yet always enjoyable way to spend your time and should remain so for decades to come. The Italian Job is a freewheeling, completely unpretentious chase comedy. Overrated heist film whose climactic chase scene is one of its few redeeming values. The Italian Job is a wildly fun romp that epitomises the height of Britannia style. We said before, romp just appears in movie reviews and tabloid newspapers. Cheating footballer romped his way after the game. And finally, the film is technically sophisticated and emotionally retarded. Sign of the times, I think, that you're still chucking around retarded, which doesn't go down too well these days. (laughs) Yeah. I wonder when the last time it was used in a in a film. Like I'm a not sure. Um, I mean, when I was looking through the trivia, um, fairly meaningful piece, but, um, I read this is the first time that the word camp was used in film to refer to someone uh, batting for the other team or acting like they were. So that's 1969 right. for you. It is. With the cars then, so the Mini is obviously the iconic thing when it comes to the Italian job. The owners of Mini refused to donate any cars for this film. Um, The chief of Fiat Motors offered to donate all of the cars they needed, including Fiat 500s in the place of Minis. The studios were on board, but the director decided that as it was a very British movie, it should be British Minis. So what Fiat did was they donated scores of cars for filming the factory grounds and uh, 
another thing I found that during the filming of the actual chase, um, the authorities refused to close the roads and the actual Italian mafia had to step in and shut down whole sections of Turin so they could uh, go about getting this done. <laughs> it's a good bit of trivia. So people really are There's... raging in the traffic. Oh, that's nice. Very good bit of trivia. So how how did they sort the car situation in the end then? They they had to pay for them. They just paid and only got what they needed, so they couldn't have any spares knocking around. Oh right, so they just like just bought minis. They, they bought minis, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, Despite this being a film primarily about cars and driving, Michael Caine could not drive at the time. And he's never seen driving a car in the film. The only time he's assumed to be driving is the cut between when he picks up his Aston Martin at the garage and in the next shot you see him outside the hotel. During the entire heist, he's always a passenger. Leeds are already losing, by the way. Right. According to Michael Caine, this movie did not perform well at the US box office due to a misleading advertising campaign. Now, I don't suppose you've seen the American poster for this because you would be very confused. Uh, I haven't, no. So it's like a woman, uh, a naked woman with her back to the camera and her back's almost like golden with a map painted on the back of it. And then you've just got some mafia guy holding a machine gun facing towards the camera. So it it is promoted as like a slick mob movie. And obviously it's it's quite the opposite. If anything, they make kind of a mockery of the mob in the film. But he didn't know this how it promoted. He went out to do the US press tour and he says he flew home because he was so disgusted at and he could understand why people were disappointed because they didn't, they weren't getting what they were signing up for. No. Speaking of women in this film, just to kick things off, I mean, the one woman whose husband has just been iced by the mafia is is telling Charlie she's got four hours to kill, <laughs> and she's just all over it. <laughs> that was what woman. it was like back in those days. That why you you conscientiously object. It is, yeah. Well, I mean, who who kind of moves on quicker, uh, her or uh, or Vin or Dom after his after uh, what's his name dies? Hey, he doesn't move on from Letty, so make sure you remember that. He does. He was he was giving this policewoman the eyes, but doesn't follow through. Letty's back in the next film. He does. She has. He has a kid with her. He has a kid with her. What with Letty? Yeah, let no with the the Brazilian cop with Elena. They have a kid. Well, I need and to watch then... Fast and Furious Six. It seems. <laughs> yeah, and then Letty does come back at the end, and then eventually they agree to like okay, separate, yeah. and he gets is, back with Letty. But... Yeah, this does ring a bell now. All right, yeah, they have a kid together. <laughs> He he took his time. This was this wasn't days later. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Wasn't with what seems to be his mate either. Which <laughs> <laughs> um, the slogan on the side of the Ford Thames Dormobile says, "We shall not be moved." 
which they thought that the English were going to love to go with the football chant at the time. Glad that, oh, glad right. that isn't still about. Yeah, it's a bad one, isn't it? I think my favourite thing of the film is that Beckerman puts together a Patches O'Houlihan dodgeball-style tutorial of how to pull off the heist before he's killed. So just in case the mob get to him, he gives a literal video tutorial of how to get the job done. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I, I like the uh, the Pacho Hulahan reference as well. Thank you. Um, I must say that for all of the planning that took place, not much needed to be used in terms of all the cars they blew up. Like in the end, the driving they do do, <laughs> they're not really high flying. Like they have the couple of bits, but they're planning and jumping and twisting and exploding and all sorts in some of their training. Yeah. Making the most of the fears they got, I imagine. <laughs> Obviously, you've got Only Supposed to Blow the Bloody Doors Off as one of the most famous film yeah. lines ever that you know before watching the film. I can tell you, I, I've actually not seen the remake of The Italian Job. You've not, what? You've not seen the remake? No. I, I, I assumed in, until quite recently when suddenly... You, Alex, and God knows who else. Are, like, are you doing the original or the remake? And I thought <laughs> it's quite scandalous to suggest that you would do the remake over it. I mean, but no, no. It, prob- it, it probably is scandalous. I mean, I know I enjoyed the remake more than more than the original, but um, it's worth a watch. It's got Wahlberg in, Ed Norton. Seth, it's worth a watch just for Seth Green, friend of the pod. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd give it a, give it a watch. And do they then uh, do they recreate the blow the bloody doors offline and all of these they things? They don't. They don't say that. No, no. As far as I remember, like some of the names, obviously, like the names are similar. Like there's Bridger and Charlie. Yeah. Um, but no. I heard they the ramp up the chase where... at the end. They do a good job of that. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Um, I get. Well, they do. There's a lot of similar. So they're in like they're in the sewers with the minis yeah. again as well. Um. And then, like, the main guy dies uh, at the start on, like, the original heist. Yeah. And then, so, so there's obviously there's some elements the same, but they don't do, like, throw the bloody doors off or anything like that. Well, so um, this is probably the most charismatic I've seen Michael Caine. And I've not gone through his IMDb and said this, this. But just from memory. Not in Batman? No, I wouldn't say he's as charismatic. He's, he's quite understated in Batman isn't he that's why the moments when he kind of does give it to Bruce is why it's highlighted so much in this he really does like fill the screen yeah he does I I probably the thing I saw in terms of seeing how things have aged in this is for one they reel in Peach by telling him that Italian women are enormous and he's later arrested for trying to squeeze that one through the door on the pram, on the tram, sorry. Yeah. When I, I was reading some of the promotional material from when this first came out, he's described in the advertising as a chubby chaser. <laughs> Which we always say is a bit, feels a bit cringe doing that. Could you get away with that? Like when it's something quite simple, but. That feels a bit, ooh, I'm not sure about that. He'll only come and do the heist because he thinks there's some big old Italian women for him. <laughs> he gets done 
for sexual assault from touching them without consent on the tram. And then they're describing him as a chubby chaser. Some nerve. Do we think the editor just got bored that day as well? Because you've got this weird scene in there where the editor's just like sped it up so she sounds like a chipmunk. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. I don't know if they were like, oh, I've had enough of this. Jeez, let's get to the car chase. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, run out of (laughs) empty time. Because it's like, usually if you have something like that, you'd use it a couple of times to show that there's some kind of theme to it. But it's almost just plonked in like the first time you ever used like PowerPoint transitions and you're just maxing out on everything. It's it's very strange to just have it in the middle. Yeah. I did like as well, like contrasting, I think, this film as well as Fast and Furious, but could use like modern to older films as well, is where they have that scene about where they need to build the crew. And a lot of that is similar, you know, when they talk about like we need an expert in computing yeah. and we need someone who does this, like it's very similar in some ways, um, which I thought was quite interesting. And they always turn out to be kind of a nonsense crew for the most part. I, I, probably the line yeah. I enjoyed most outside of the classics was uh, when he says, uh, Charlie, me in the back of the motor, my asthma it just looks like. <laughs> yeah. Like in School of Rock when he says, you I'm... mean we don't get to be in the band? I've got that as well. I've got that noted down. Uh, and everyone in the world is bent as well. <laughs> it's like Nate Diaz. Um, <laughs> the scene where they meet the mafia, the least intimidating mafia you've ever seen on film? <laughs> Quite possibly, yeah. Expected from a universal rated film, I know, but like the forklift they have looks like some of our robot wars. And him just moving between cars, basically saying, it would be a real shame if we slowly crushed your car in front of you like that's really driving home their message <laughs> and then the opposite you've got Hobbs where right before he has his scrap with uh, Dom where he just plows his police truck into his car and Dom's going you're going to regret that under his breath yeah very different I didn't realise it was a you yeah that, yeah that makes a lot more sense you've got he's got like 25 soldiers on the mountain with their little cap guns aiming at them to prove their point. And all it takes is Charlie kind of rebuttaling, saying, we'll close down all the Italian restaurants and the bookies if you dare kill us. And he's like, whoa, whoa, we need a bet and we need a good night out if we come over there in London, Liverpool and Glasgow. And then that's uh, that's them proving their point. When it comes to the chase scene, so something that stood out to me is they never really feel in too much danger on that scene, do they? There's never really a moment where they're nearly caught. No. Like they're always two steps ahead. And it's it's cool seeing them go through. I particularly enjoy when they drive through the wedding. Um, just because seeing them go down the steps was good. But they actually filmed a lot more. They filmed a chase sequence on an ice rink with the cars gliding past each other to um, the Blue Danube they had playing over the top of it. But they say it was cut for timing reasons and it was chucked on a DVD later on. All right. It is good. Oh, the so the different shots. See, yeah. yeah, them going yeah. through the water, going down the steps. It always looks good when you're going down steps, whether it's on a motorbike. Going down steps is 
That's like a classic, isn't it? As I cringe when it's on a bike. Every film. On a bike. Yeah, yeah, I cringe enough on that. Like, if you fall over here, let alone driving down in a car. Well, man. I'd rather be... I think I'd rather be in a car, though. I'd probably cringe less with it being a car. Yeah, but it feels more like you shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. Yeah. The ending but I is... I'm all right when they... Because when they, like, jump, sometimes... Sometimes they're just kind of jumping down the stairs and they barely touch it. Yeah, yeah. Which is, like, easy to comprehend compared to the ones where it's literally you're hitting every single step. Yeah, if it's a comedy, fun. then you go down every step and you hear him going, duh, as they go down each one. Yeah. yeah. At the time of filming, there actually was no ending. It was left to Paramount to create one. Um, the main crew and writer hated what they came up with, what we ultimately get. And so the second unit filmed the ending. It wasn't done by the director. Michael Caine said it was because the censors wouldn't allow the movie to end with the criminals getting away with it. They say they couldn't be shown to be getting away with a crime and so they they wouldn't let them have that ending. In the book, they get all the way back to England with the money and then Mr. Bridger is angry for some reason and tells them, go take it back where you came from. I want nothing to do with it. And in a BBC documentary in 2003, Michael Caine says... That his character's great idea, which he says but you don't see, is they kind of teeter on the edge of the cliff. He tells him, next thing that happens is you're going to turn the engine on. You will see exactly where you are until all the petrols ran out. This will change the equilibrium. We'll all jump out of the bus and the gold goes over the cliff. At the bottom are the Italian mafia sitting waiting for the gold. Uh, And then the rumoured sequel called The Brazilian Job was going to be them retrieving the gold from the mafia. Right, but they weren't. They didn't go with that ending, so no sequel. Yeah. What would you do in that situation? Would you want to? Reckon you'd have it in you to try and be the one that goes out to get the gold, or would uh, you just sack it off? Uh-huh. If they told you, like, if you leave, and even if that, so say you're one of the people at the back, they told you, like, right, you can get out of the bus now. But if you get out and you don't get any of the gold, or would you stay in the bus? But I'd you probably get out and bank on someone caving and letting me have some of the cash afterwards. <laughs> but I also so wouldn't you. want to be the one to move. Like, I don't want people blaming me, like going down and someone like, that's your fault, even in your last yeah. moments. <laughs> yeah, even just for that last moment, because ultimately you're all going to die. Everyone looking at you. you just, you're <laughs> looking at you as they fall to their death. <laughs> Yeah, I'd probably just cry, to be honest. I'd probably cry and panic and make it worse. Yeah. It's good, though. With heights as well. I'm doing the uh, the Spurs (laughs) Stadium. I'm doing the Spurs Stadium in a couple of weeks. Anyway, you can do like the... You climb up it and then you can abseil down. I've got a mate who's going there tomorrow and he's an Arsenal fan. He's in the Spurs end. I I wouldn't want to do that. Arsenal fan and he's in the Spurs end. Yeah. Like his oh, family are all Spurs fans. Oh, yeah. I would not want to do Especially with the what the stakes is are for this. I mean, it's always exactly. big, but especially exactly. this game. I, yeah. I wouldn't be able to compose myself for a start. And he's like, well, high risk, high reward. And I was like, well, you feel like as much as you're going to be able to say you can look around and like, like I saw there are sad faces, you're probably not going to get that. And 
if it goes wrong, then you're sat in the middle of all those happy faces. Like, there's nowhere I'd less rather be. I don't really see the rewards there. Because if you did lose yourself and celebrate, then you're in a very bad position. Very bad. Like, yeah. from what I read, and I don't know how I'd be if it was Arsenal fans, one of the few things I see Spurs fans particularly proud of are all of the comments from rival London fans saying, like, yeah, I don't like that trip to Tottenham away. Like, you take your life in your hands walking up Seven Sisters Road, etc., etc. Yeah, not a yeah. bit of me, that getting in the middle of that in with the Spurs fans. Well, I was there. I was there. This was like European. We're going off tangent now. I'll, I'll, I'll leave yeah, it at this right. trip. But I was there with um, when I watched like the Champions League run. And even then, there was like, it, could, it was like Barcelona uh, or like Dortmund and like some PSV fans were in there. And even like PSV, they like found them in the home end. And then very quickly, they were ushered out. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I told this on the the standard podcast when me and Langston were at the United game. Um, like Ronaldo had just scored, and these foreign fans, not to get them out, that's what they are, and they might explain the latter. So Ronaldo's just scored. Everyone's very on edge, and you've been to the Emirates, so up a tier. This guy just walks down and kind of perches center of the block standing kind of over the balcony to get some pictures taken and he's yeah. always make taking pictures of him just like smiling in between the rows of seats like mid-game <laughs> we've just conceded and he's just having the time of his life he's having a full photo shoot and he's like no change the angle to up and down and he, he was there for a couple of minutes and people are turning around going get out of here what are you doing and langston went for a piss at half time and he's all these blokes were surrounding him like get out the stadium what are you doing in here? You shouldn't be in here doing that. Get out. You're obviously not a fan. Get out. And Stewart's had to come and have a word and be like, come on, you're going to have to move on. Or <laughs> it, it was the timing couldn't have been worse. And the bloke just clearly had no idea what people were taking issue with. But he was stood in the middle at the front row in between people, smiling, posting with his finger up after we just conceded a goal. <laughs> Felt bad for him, but in the moment, everyone thought, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. So let alone a rival fan in there, but occasionally there's been clips of like a rival fan in the Arsenal end and people post it like, oh, and, and they let and they let them do that. And it's, what are they supposed to do on camera? Just just look, punch this yeah. female Chelsea fan. And we're like, oh, we're proper fans we are. We ain't letting you get away with that. <laughs> anyway, back to the Italian job. Um, the chase at the end, I wrote this down in my notes, the chase at the end feels like on GTA where you'd have to like get vehicles for a heist and you'd have to escape in like a forklift truck or a bin truck or something like that. And it's just so slow and you just can't get far enough away from the police. And in the end, it does take them jumping over a ledge, which popped into my head when I said they didn't have to use much training. But it's a very slow chase. They never really get in any danger like there's never a moment where one of them's knocked off the road or anything like that it's just a nice little trip through across italy i guess with some level of tension behind them do you hear what i said no it cut out it didn't cut out you weren't listening <laughs> it did it did it cut are you watching the leeds game i'm not watching the leeds game now what did you say 
I feel like I don't want to repeat in that. I was saying there never feels like there was ever much danger in the in the chase. Like they never get too far ahead. They're always close enough there to have a minimal level of danger, but it never gets too bad where uh, you think they're going to be caught. No, no, yeah, there isn't that tension. But that, I don't know. Do you, do you feel like that with all films, though? I no, guess no. ultimately you always sometimes know they're, they're not knocked off the road. Away, but, one of them, but yeah, there's some kind of. Yeah, I know what you mean. They get into some kind of trouble, which yeah. ultimately, obviously, they navigate out of. But, but yeah, it is. I guess it is quite smooth sailing. This is where we'll discuss some of the best ever car chases. Now, I have some bits for you here um, as some okay. suggestions. And then if you have any to add, of course. Um, there's one in The Fate of the Furious, which wasn't a great film, to be honest. But the one on the, one the Arctic Army base... Eight? I think it's. I think it's eight. It's eight. Uh, eight. Oh, where they're on, where it's in the snow and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That one's very good. The yeah, that's where mo- they have a tank, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The motorcycle chase in Mission Impossible Fallout that we've done on the pod, obviously. Yeah. The opening scene in Baby Driver. Yeah. Jason Bourne in the Moscow cab in Bourne Supremacy. Yeah, that's what one of the first when you mentioned one of the first thing I was thinking of was born. Um, yeah. So you have that one, but even like the end one of Ultimatum, the last one in that, um, yeah, as well as as you said in 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 Moscow. I think there's one. Oh, it's not the one that we don't talk about, but the other remake where it's just Jason, it's Jason Bourne. Where yeah. I think yeah. are they in? They're in like Egypt or Greece, something like one of the first ones okay. where um, the main girl uh, obviously gets shot and, and gets killed that one's quite a good one i had down um a film that i'm no fan of uh, mad max you've got almost like the wacky races style one where he first gets out did you watch yeah. wacky races when you were younger yeah i left oh, i loved it i tried finding one of them um like uh, around christmas time when i was just i was showing my nephew like cartoons that we used to watch and he didn't really have any interest then um, but I was looking yeah. through them and I was trying to find wacky races, but it's pretty difficult to find. It's not on YouTube or anything like that. I was trying to like uh, download a series on iTunes or another legitimate source like that, um, but I couldn't find anything on there. And I did see that they kind of remade them. Like it's one of the longest running ones from when we were younger. But no, unfortunately, I couldn't get the proper ones anyway. Got it John was, Co- yeah, it was was great. Yeah. What was it on? Was it on Cartoon, on Cartoon Network? Network? John Connor running from the T-1000 on the motorbike when a T-1000 turns into a truck. And one which I don't think you'll have seen. Have you seen Ronin? Um, it's got De Niro in it. No, I haven't, no. So this one, and I'm not sure if it would be on kind of your best ever list in terms of action films, but in terms of car chases, it's got two of the best ever. Um, And that's not just me saying that it's De Niro. And it's to do with like some Irish terrorists. And there's some other bits in there as well, but across Paris, they have these incredible car chases on there. And there's one that has over 300 stunt drivers involved in it. And it's just carnage, but it's so good. It's about two hours long, the film, but you get some really good extended car chases in there, and it's De Niro doing De Niro stuff. So 
it's, it's well worth a watch. It's on Netflix, I'm fairly certain. Yeah, that is. Me and Keenan watched it um, during the first lockdown. It was one I was looking at good car chases and that one appeared. Well, another one that immediately came to my mind as well was with Bad Boys 2. Yeah, yeah. Well, that one is really, yeah. Obviously, we've done, we have done on here. Yeah. Um, So, I thought that one was that one was really good as well. So, those are the first two I thought of was Born and and also Bad Boys Two. Sean Bean in Ronin Two, by the way, teaming up with De Niro. (laughs) That does sound like a dream partnership. (laughs) Um, Do you have much more? We can go on to uh, the scorecards. Um, I don't know. I was trying to think of any there, and then when you were talking about that, that made me think of. Can you think of any where it's like foot chases in films? Um, what I thought of you had, really you a car in... chase. We did the one in Enemy Estate where there's quite part bicycle, part him running, part yeah. in a car. Because I suppose you do have you have a little bit of it in Fast Five, don't you, with the the Rock and um with Hobson and Toretto where they're running yep. across the roofs of, of, the, of the favela. So you have, you have got a little bit of it. And then I guess, again, it goes into Bourne. You have it in Bourne as well, don't you, to some extent, where he's like running away from the police and he runs in, but only little bits where he like runs into the subway and stuff. Yeah, I watched um, the Bourne films again when we did the first one on the pod, but I think I need to give like, call it the trilogy, a run through back to back to back again. Yeah. Well, I get did fully, say at the get time, fully we should we should have done the second one. I think supremacy is. We should. Have, we should have done American Pie too, but we had the rule of doing the originals, the first in there. Uh, oh yeah, series. and that one as well. Did we not do? Did we, oh, did we not do American Pie two? We didn't, did we? Yeah. No, I, we, yeah, but we changed that rule for Bad Boys. That well, that was a diff. That was a different bracket. I know it was a different bracket. Yeah. 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 Um, we think, kind of brainstorming on air here, but we have spoken about it. I think we think we're going to do something later in the year for when American Pie 2 turns 21 and we're going to go through okay. and do kind of a big special on 1, 2 and 3 all in one podcast. Yeah, that sounds good. But let's get into the scoring. So, Sean, which film did you prefer? Fast and Furious. I agree. Which do you think is more rewatchable? Uh, fast five. Yeah. Agreed. Best moment slash scene. Um, it's a tough one for me to pick. To pick one. I'm I think going it's to probably rock Vin Diesel fight scene. Yeah, I've got that. So some honourable mentions too. I think the ambush that they have in the street, the favela chase, um, the team montage. Do really like when obviously they show all of them arriving, even though like you said they. To yeah. have no idea what they're turning up for. Um, I think they're all good, but but yeah, it'd be the fight. I think. You want to give us any more quotes? Um, without without Rares' handprint, Houdini himself can open this bitch. <laughs> He's Enjoyed got that, that weird line, hasn't he, about getting the panties off or something of the safe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, would you? When he talks about it, do you just grab it or do you slap it? Um, um, when are you going to give Martin Luther King his car back? I, I enjoyed that. Um, yeah, those are the main ones. But 
Um, oh, it's hard for. I mean, it's going to be uh, a talent job. You're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. But and a shout out to to Rome's like sounds like a whole lot of vaginal activity and also <laughs> when when what time do they open? I like the idea that imagine if she actually come back with serious time, like about 10 p.m. and then he's just waiting there until it until it arrives. Does Roman does say, you know, I think I make a better special agent than you ever did, and Brian says it depends what you've referred to as special. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree with Italian job. Uh, MVP, it's got to be Dom, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think like. Brian, I think Brian is the kind of one that whole is the link to everyone, isn't he? Like you don't have the film about it, but but clearly Dom is the most dominant and important yeah, figure. They need Dom that much know, that they're willing to flip that bus over twenty times just on the off chance <laughs> of getting him out. Exactly, yeah. And then also, I saw some of the trivia. I didn't know if you knew. But did you? Maybe you mentioned this to me or not. I don't know. But you know, Paul Paul Walker auditioned for Anakin Skywalker, but was too old. No, I didn't know that. Maybe I don't think I ever did that on the Star Wars uh, trivia either. So no, I didn't. Know yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. See, uh, it, it came up. So he auditioned. I guess it obviously would have been Hayden Christensen's role. Yeah. Um, and you get it, and then apparently it said in the trivia like apparently it's the one role he's just he wanted the most. Obviously, didn't get. Yeah, I can see why. But you think if he. Yeah, yeah. But you think if he gets if he gets that, then he's obviously not in this, is he? No. Uh. This whole like career is com- completely different because obviously you're he would have been a star for a bit if he's Anakin Skywalker right? like Hayden was for a bit, but uh, obviously nowhere near to the level that, that people know him for for the franchise. Uh, he's not strange. he's not baby faced enough. Like I don't I feel like Anakin Skywalker can't have a stubble. Yeah, yeah, which as I said probably why it said he was too old, so that's why he didn't get it. He's going to be in Hayden Christians in the new series. Yeah, he? he is. Yeah, because a lot of them said yeah. they'd never go back and do Star Wars, and then the money dried up. And like, you know what? I wouldn't actually mind doing Star Wars again. <laughs> yeah. Best side character. Uh, Han. Uh, yeah. Well, no, actually, it's probably Roman, but Han would be up there. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say I, I didn't think Brian was a side character, so I was gonna put that out there, but that works. No, no, I don't think he's a side character. No. Better heist crew feels fairly obvious to me here. <laughs> yeah. One. Yeah. Gets away with hundred million, and one finds himself dangling over a cliff edge. So that answers <laughs> who got away with more as well. Yeah, it does. Best soundtrack. Make the case. I mean, all I've had yeah. in my head for 48 hours now is, oi, oi, oi. <laughs> yeah. Um, do, 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 do. I used to, when this came out, like, I used to listen to this song so much. I still, <laughs> it's still in my playlist. Like, I do love that song. Um, and I remember when it used to come on in like uni nights out yeah. as well. And I used to, used to love it. So people pretend to know the words. Um, Exactly, really, you yeah, just yeah, got oi yeah. oi 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 and Danza Kiguro. That, that's yeah. about it. Um, but I mean, outside of that, there is some good. So there's that. I don't know what the name of the song is, but I think the music used when Giselle goes over and gets that handprint is is really good. Um, and then obviously you you that is up against the 
self-preservation society. I can't say that without singing it. Um, which is also a very good show. I'll give it to um, Class 5, but it is a very close one. Because I do like that song in Italian Job as well. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd take Danza Caduro over, over that. Blasphemous as it may yeah. be. Yeah. Got it in my head again now. I just want to sing it on here. <laughs> uh, which is more original? I mean, did you say Italian job from a book as well? Did you say it is? But the fact that you have to ask that means I don't think you can hold it against it. No, no. Um, I, I'd say Italian job. Even in some of the things that Fast Five do, they've probably subliminally taken from films like Italian Job that came before it and Fast Five. Ultimately, they've said it's almost like reverting to a template, but we're going to do this template bigger and better than anyone else is doing with our already established characters. So I've got to give it to Italian Job for that one. Yeah, yeah, I will do. I think you've got, I said, Fast Five is like an original take on its own individual series. It's going a different direction, but it's not original in the sense of what, what they're actually doing. For biggest impacts i don't know if this is controversial i'm going with fast five i mean the, the money it made the what it does for the rock alone um the fact that you probably wouldn't bat an eyelid now other than it being a punchline when each one's announced if you got to like fast and furious 15 like they've been going as long as we've been consciously watching films yeah when did the first one come out 2001 yeah. And it was just accused then of being nothing more than a rip off a point break. Yeah, yeah. And so to get where they are now, a film that's as guaranteed to be in a box office hit as any, and a franchise that, and the majority of people you speak to will tell you how awful it is, yet, weirdly, there's clearly this overwhelming market of people that do watch it. So it's like not, it's. Pretty really not awful, though, is it? Like, they, they did. They did. Uh, four, so, uh, fast six. They did a midnight release at the cinema for it. Really? Yeah. So that's kind of shows you that people clearly like. Yeah. There is the audience for it. Yeah. Um. I don't know. It's weird because they because you do think like just through age, like it has to come to an end at some point with how old the cast are, but. Then this is supposed be like to be the end of Fast 10 and they've ramped up like yeah. Jason Momoa has come in. But I think that there's so many, um, but we've seen it so much now. I swear before it used to be like when it's the end, it's the end. But now there's so many things that are like end and then actually yeah. will bring back. Like you can kill off people and bring them back. Yeah. Like Han see, obviously got killed off, but now he's back. I see The Rock and it's like, this feels perfect for you. I see Vin Diesel and it's like, yeah, this is the type, this is the film that you were meant to be doing. I see Jason Statham and of all the things he does, this is yeah. probably what I like him most in. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Charlize Theron is good in this. Everyone. I think that um, Ludacris. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Natalie, Emmanuel, Nat- Natalie Emmanuel, whatever her name is. Yeah. I think she's quite good in it. Yeah, I mean, Tyrese isn't getting much more than this like no but he, like that is some life in it you could just down out on this every year every two years you just get involved in this well, get a there few was, mil. i think it may even have been tyrese when he was spoken to before and 
it was a big thing. I think it would have been child support payments, maybe. And they asked him, like, how, how do you afford all that? And he's like, well, we might have to make another Fast and Furious film sometime soon. <laughs> Keep me going. <laughs> so, yeah, bigger impact. I'm, I'm going for Fast Five. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I was thinking there's even, I don't know if you obviously you wouldn't have seen it, but there's like a TV series, there's an animated TV series on Netflix I now as well. I've seen this in my uh, uh, research. Yeah, it's like his is meant to be Toretto's, I think it's his nephew or something like that. Yes. We need the stiffers to cross over into the Fast Five universe and that's how we get the American Firewall <laughs> going. <laughs> you do, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Fast Five as well. Best opening scene, um, Fast Five, isn't it? Surely. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Best best ending. Do you prefer the Italian job ending or the Fast Five ending? Um, I prefer the Fast Five ending. Um, because again, I, I the like the Italian job one. Do you? I, I do like the I, Fast, I like, fast yeah. Five one. It's just quite iconic. The yeah. Italian job one. Yeah, yeah. I suppose it is. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't really argue with that. Uh, if we're split, but I said I, I quite like the montage bit of seeing yeah. everyone. And best chemistry. Um, fast five. Agreed. So fast five is going through to the next round. One, two, eleven, two. The final score, a hammering. Really, so that will go through to the next round. So at some point, Keenan will give his thoughts on that in the next round. We will be back next week. I can't confirm which films it'll be at this moment in time. We're going to do some shuffling around. But at some point before Saturday, I will post on Twitter at SpitballingPod. I'll put on Instagram which films we're doing next week. It'll be either Sean Keenan, uh, Sean TK. Someone will be on there with me and we'll break down two films from the bracket. So thank you again for listening. We'll be back. Goodbye. <laughs>